In a world where it seems like there's so much going wrong, I want you to see the people who are spending their lives doing and seeing the good. Welcome to the Doing Good Podcast, where we discuss the stories of people who are changing the world in their own way. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert. Okay, everyone, welcome back to Doing Good. And this is part two of my podcast with my friend, Sarah Nita. Sarah was on The Biggest Loser, and we also went to high school and junior high together. So we've known each other for a really long time. And we had so much fun with our last podcast. I'm like, there's no way that we can get everything done in 40 minutes that we want to talk about. So we are doing a part two. So if you listen last time, Sarah talked about growing up, how she was always the funny girl and she used her sense of humor and her kindness and sweet nature to draw attention to her personality and and away from her body because she felt like she was self-conscious with how she looked. And so eventually she was in a car accident that changed her life. She was in a nursing slash recovery home. <laughs> and so I, so we have a, a it's called the Carriage House. It's in Bountiful, Utah. Is that still what it's called, by the way? I actually don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know what it is, but it it we used to perform there, like for choir. For it, it was a nursing home, but it also <gasps> was a. I just had a memory. What you and I were in the same like dance singing group. What was oh. called? Wait, which one? With Nyla Paul. Yes. With Paul. <laughs> My heavens. And we were I have not heard that name in 25 years. Oh my gosh. What was that called? No, I don't know. Anyway. Paul. I can't. Yes. I just came. Like, I have the image of the red sequence with the, like, tassel-y thing. Yes. And we perform. Oh my gosh. <gasps> we that, we have things together. That there? Yeah. Well, okay. That is. <laughs> Here's the thing it, with memory. It's so funny because. Like I will not hear a name or think of things for years. And then all of a sudden something will pop up and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yes. That was part of my life. I remember that. Okay. So Funny. Sarah and I go way back. So we, <laughs> we have sung together. We got to school together. We had a fun art class together. I can't believe that, Sarah. That's but like boggling my mind now. Oh, it's like, so funny. <laughs> I'm going to have to like go dig up pictures now. I know. Me too. Okay. How old anyway. were we? Like. Nine, no, like eleven. I want to say eleven. So like, like fifth and still elementary. I was gonna say it was still elementary school. Yes, yeah. Oh, that is so crazy. Oh my gosh. Okay, so, and I did a ton of little singing and dance groups before, and then I did on stage, and then is that what it was called? Was on stage. We did on stage. Yes, we did on stage with Brighton Brewer. I did. Bobby Joe Blazer. Do you oh remember? God. I didn't do on stage. I did on stage. That was a well, jam. I'm a singer and a dancer. That's what's so funny. I like just joined this one little group. And then it like it was something like buttons and butterflies or tassels and tiaras. Or, there was like, t- wasn't there like two names? I can't remember. Nyla, if you ever listen to this, please yes. tell us what the name you of our. Out and find out. We will remember. Oh, this is too fun. Okay. So you were. You were in this long-term recovery because you shattered your pelvis and broke all your bones. Yeah. And and crazy enough, you met your husband while yeah. you were in a wheelchair. Yes, in this but, state. And you got married and and then you you, you said that you started pregnant. got pregnant. Yes, I think we talked about all that. Yes. And, and then miscarried and then just like started gaining weight. Spiraled. Crazy. Yes. 
Yeah. And tried out for Biggest Loser. And so your Oh yeah. You submitted a, 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 a you had to submit like a crazy video of you and you decided you were gonna go all out. So you put on a hot pink bikini in the snow and probably yeah, like a sports bra and shorts. And yes. I just went and just put myself out there. Yes. And it ended up serving me really well because it, it's crazy going through the audition process. And I don't know what your process was like, but for me, they were like, I mean, you know, I made it to the next step and then they were like, hey, it's kind of like a date, you know, we're not going to tell you if we're going to call or not. We're yes. just going to either call or not. And so I would wait sometimes like three weeks and think, okay, they're not calling, you know, it's not. You don't understand that. Like, just tell me yes or no. Like, you, I know. like a regular job interview, like, I'm sorry, you didn't get the part. That's how oh, it is in plays though, too. It's like, Look for the cast list. And if you're not on it, then you're not on it. It's like, why? Yeah. And then you wait for a really long time. Yes. Needing to know. Exactly. And so, and that really was how it was. It was like, I would wait a long time and then I would get something like an email. Hey, you've made it to the next step. You know, now we need this from you. Now we need that. Yes. And so it was just, I just was kind of drug along for a long time. And then finally found out that I made it as a finalist. So they bring it down to about 40 people. That okay. went out to California. I went out to California and it's a, like an almost two week process and you're sequestered at the Four Seasons Hotel. Oh my gosh. No, you cannot leave your room to get ice. Like it is like you are locked down. It's so crazy. But, and then they would, you know, pull you out for this interview or that interview or whatever. So I went through that whole process. On my last night there, one of those- Did you have a roommate really quick? Did you have a roommate? Oh, or- oh okay. no. And you're by yourself. Okay. other people auditioning or anything and you know i could like look at i would watch out my window and sometimes see people leave so i'm like okay "Okay." so i'm moving forward in this process anyway my last night there i found out that i was going to be on the show and it but and this season in particular was kind of different but so they flew us home we went home and we weren't supposed to like we hadn't been like chosen yet we had we were going to be flown back out and then this like show up for this competition and find out there that we were on the show anyway so but i knew that i made the show so i went home and it was just like every like last little barrier came crumbling down i was like this is it i am going to get like all my dreams are going to come true right and and you know how everyone has a story that they ex- exploit <laughs> like really yeah. real and my story was that i couldn't that I wanted to become a mom and I just wasn't able to, to hold a pregnancy. And so, and I knew, I knew that if I could lose weight, that I could be a mom. Like I knew that. And so I, this was my chance to finally get the help that I needed, you know? And anyway, so a few days before we were supposed to fly out, they, I got a call and they were like, we're so sorry. The network has made a change and you're no longer on the show. Like <gasps> you're, you're out. And I don't think I have ever felt such devastation because it was so much more than just like being on the show. For me, it was yes. like, this what I needed help that I could not find. Yeah. You know, it will change the tra- trajectory of your life. Because I, I mean, I went to bed every single night committing to be different the next day. Sarah, and- I can't believe how similar I have to interrupt you really quick because okay. I, I for real can't believe how similar our journeys are because you know I was cut from American Idol too. No. Yeah. I did not make American Idol. When I tried out, I I made it to Hollywood Week. And yeah. then the day before they picked the top 32 for the show, I was cut. 
And I knew it like a wild card or something brought that as a wild card. And so I did not make the show. I flew home three months later. That was in October in the end of January. I got a phone call and they're like, we want you to try out for the wild card show. We're going to like bring back people that didn't make it. It was me. It was Trinice. It was Clay Aiken. We all got called back. And it was, and it was, oh my gosh, she was the last one. Was it Kim Caldwell? So we all had, had been cut. And so we tried out for this wild card show. There was like 12 of us and then they narrowed it down to eight and then they picked four. And so isn't that so crazy? So interesting. So I know what that feeling is. Yes. Of feeling like, but this is my life. And for me, it was like, this is the way to get a record deal. This is a way to get known. This is a way to get seen. And if this doesn't, and my mom kept saying the whole time, like, I have a feeling you are meant to do this. I just know it. It, I just feel like you're supposed to do this and you're going to be able to share the gospel through this and you're going to be able. And then when I was cut, I honestly doubted like, my testimony because I had the same feeling like I had a blessing for my state president that was like amazing like you are going to do incredible things in a very unique circumstance and then when I was cut it was like what so I remember like waking up and 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 not you know you kind of don't remember what happened then all of a sudden it all comes back and I I can never never, yeah yes yes oh I remember we went to see a movie and I, I'm not like emotions don't come super easily for me. I maybe cry once a year. I, you know, it just doesn't flow out of me. I sobbed in that theater, like not like the movie, just, just so, so, so heartbroken. And I just like, I wanted it to make sense so bad. I wanted yeah. to be a reason yeah. why so bad because yeah. I mean, it took everything out of me and it broke down yeah. so many so many walls and so many things, which was great. But I was like, what is the purpose here? Like there has to be, it has to make sense, you know? No. Anyway. No. So I just a couple weeks after that found out I was pregnant and I was like, oh, it makes so much sense. Like I was probably pregnant through that. I mean, it was like, finally, this is my turn. Like, of course, Holy Father can't have me go be on the show because now it's my turn to get to, you know, like it just made so yes. much sense. And, and Jason gave me a blessing. And in the blessing, like everything was going to work out. Like everything was going to work out exactly how it was meant to. And this baby was protected and everything. And so it didn't make a lot of sense the next day. The next day after this blessing, I felt this explosion in my, like I was fine. And suddenly I felt an explosion, like a in my stomach, and it hurt so bad. And it, this this sounds so funny, but my sister was like, Justine, who had, had already had her kids, you know, she was like, pregnancy gas is the worst pain you will ever experience. So that's what I thought I was experiencing. Like oh, I was like, oh. it was right. Anyway, long story short, I ended up passing out like three times before. Oh. My, luckily, my husband was home. And heard me one of the times, like, I had gotten out of bed and fallen and hit the garbage can, and it just made this really loud sound. He came up. I was unconscious. But anyway, ambulance got there. They rushed me to the hospital, and I was experiencing an ectopic pregnancy. And they oh, Sarah. was like, we're 99% sure that, you know, this is what's going on. 
And then this other doctor comes in a little while later. He's like, okay, we're going to prep you for surgery. And I'm like, why? I'm, you know, and he's like, did she not explain what was going on? And I'm like, yeah, but she was like 99% sure. Like that's, that's 1% pro- probably not ha- like in my, it was, I mean, obviously it was not like in this very clear state of mind, but I was like, but I got a blessing yesterday. Like I would, yeah. you know, and just thought like, what the heck is going on? Anyway, it was so interesting because they, they saved my life. I didn't know that ectopic pregnancies is the number one cause of maternal death. They're really dangerous. It you know? is. And I will, it, and I'll interrupt you again <laughs> to say not. my, my sister, that her first pregnancy was an ectopic pregnancy oh. and she, it, it, hers didn't rupture yet. And, and her, she told me she was pregnant, was so excited. And then after, and I was, it was her very first one and we hugged and cried. And then she said, but I just have one question. Is it normal to bleed? And I was like, oh, I said, not typically some women experience spotting. And I said, but how much? And she's like, well, like a period. And I was like, no, that's a little bit too much. So, so I, she said, I have this really weird pain in my shoulder. Yes. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> and that's the fluid, right? Yes. That leaks up and 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 causes shoulder pain. That's like a telltale sign. So after she said that, I, I had it. no idea. No, who not? What the doctor said was when you're internally bleeding and fills yes. up your diaphragm, the pressure in your diaphragm is directly connected to the shoulder. So oh. it's, it's actually, that's what she said anyway. The pressure in uh, from the the fluid internal, which is super oh, oh, from the internal fluid. Okay, yes, is it. causing pressure in your shoulder. For sure, that is so strange, and and that it's yes, it's a telltale sign. And so after she said that, we called my sister in law, and she said, "You need to. T- she needs to go to the hospital right yeah. now. She's a nurse, and 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 I didn't want to scare it's her first, but." She said it could be an ectopic pregnancy, and it turns out was they operated on her hours later. Yeah. Like she stayed in there, and and her baby was eight weeks old, um, and so it, well, it's, it's a little bigger. Yeah, yeah, and so it's she's like it's formed, but it's in your so for those who don't, it's in your fallopian tube. So the baby develops in your tube; it never comes out into your uterus, and have a placenta and everything. Hi, hun. And, and so, implant, it's supposed to, you know, but yes. it just implants in the wrong place. It in the wrong place, and yeah. it, it's life threatening. The baby has zero chance of survival. She hates and it, okay, Bensi, mommy's oh, doing a podcast. Hi, welcome. This is my son. He's showing me an old man mouth. Okay, Bensi, get out of here. Love working. Spring break with kids, y'all. Where's that? <laughs> he's showing everyone an old man mouth. Anyway, so I, I, that is. Very, very scary uh, and very, very dangerous. I know what that's like watching yeah. my sister and so painful. And he, so I want to hear, was he able to save your tube? Did he? So, um, so he was not, no, it had fully ruptured. So it was obliterated. That was, that, was that feeling that you had. Yeah. Like I felt it rupture. It was such an interesting because so skipping down the line, I actually had another ectopic pregnancy a few years later on the other side. And that was a, different experience. I didn't feel it rupture, but I felt so, so, so sick and felt it like rupturing. But again, I didn't, I mean, it was a di- completely different experience. I didn't, it didn't feel the same. So I wasn't like, oh, this is yeah. my topic, you know? Right. In fact, I didn't know I was pregnant with that one. Like oh my I hadn't had a period since September. This was in February. Like, I mean, nothing made sense. I had the, the girls by this point. 
And that one, they tried chemotherapy to try to shrink the pregnancy instead of surgery. And it was the hardest week of my life, like sickest I've ever been. Like my heart just oh, goes out to those that that go through chemotherapy, you know, like oh, it was, oh, it was a really crazy thing to experience. And then it didn't work and it ended up rupturing and they had to do emergency surgery anyway. So, era. but very different experience. But yeah, so this was my first experience with that, you know, and it's, they ended up, they, you know, they took my tube and they took my baby and they took my reason why everything made sense, you know, and here I was left with like, just depleted and no. so sad and 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 biggest loser was just taken away and i just was like no just empty just so empty and so sad and literally the day after the surgery i get a call from one of the producers at biggest loser and they were like hey we're starting to cast for the next season and we really want you to audition again and i'm like do you know what you put me through like there's no way you know no you no. know Like, we really, really, really want you. It just wasn't the right fit with the last one, you know. I I mean, something as similar as, like, there were two blonde girls. Like, the network looked at the cast and was like, nope, those two are too similar, you know, decided to take me off. And so they're like, we love your story. We really want you on. But this time we're doing a couples season. Is there anyone that you could go on the show with? And I was living in Vegas at the time. My mom had already jumped in the car and driven down from, you know, when this whole rupturing thing was happening. So she was there with me. And she was like, oh, oh, I want to do it. I want to do it, you know? And I'm like, I can't think of anyone. Like, I have no partner. <laughs> yes, yes. Please, please, please. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I, you know, suggested suggested my mom. And they were like, that's we, that's what we want. We want parent, parent-child or siblings or, you know, some, like, very, very close relation. And so they, so we went through the whole audition process again. And, you know, this time I was a little bit more jaded. <laughs> Like, oh, I'm sure you're like, I don't even know how you did that again. Uh, I was uh, honestly, it's because it, you're like, I know, like when I was yeah. the same thing, when I came back and I'm like, I know how this works. I know who's watching. I know the producers. I know who's picking. Yes. It's, it's like, this isn't the magical thing it was. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, I know her so much. And my, you know, it's my mom's first time when we went back to the same four seasons and we were there. Yeah. And she's like, oh, she would watch people leave. She's like, oh, I think they're going to pick us. I'm yep. like, you know, mine was the La Meridian oh. Hotel. It was the same. It was like, you're in this time warp zone. Like, yeah. it, that's, it's so strange. It it's is. So, it was, it was so weird. And they would take us to the store and, you know, have us buy just whatever food. It was like, it was like a, a, food addicts dream i mean we just sat in a hotel and ate like bulked up pretty much you know like because they wanted like your transformation to be more dramatic yeah yeah oh my god we had a huge number anyway they did our way in before we even found out that we made made the show so so like a week on biggest loser is not is not a real week and that's something that i just wish that people could know because i i watched the show before i went on wow they're losing 12 pounds in a week Yes. Then, you know, I end up on the show and I'm like, that was almost three weeks. Like that's, that is not realistic, you know, but as we know, (laughs) as we know, reality TV is not, not realistic. So anyway, we ended up making it on the show and that experience was really, it was really, really, really hard. It was a really hard thing. I did not speak to my husband for three months. Like they cut off all communication and that was really challenging, you know, like even though I had my mom there, 
she was, it was just kind of a weird, a really weird experience, you know, and she was close with your mom. I am. I'm really close with my mom, but it was a, it was, I mean, it was a hard thing to go through even with her. Like it was not, I, it's, I wouldn't have chosen it. I don't think, you know, because it, it was just a, I don't know. She was going through her own stuff and processing her stuff and, Anyway, it was just a, just a really interesting experience, and a couple of things that I'll touch on that that happened really quick. So I know we're we're gonna we're gonna have to do like part five. Seriously, we could totally do as many parts as we want to. <laughs> but so I remember this one of the one of the production assistants, like the one of the first few days was like I was you know getting dressed in wardrobe, and he's like, "Just wait till week three. Like your clothes won't even fit you anymore." Speaking of this, this PA in particular, like he was a member of the church. He was someone I just clung to, like because he understood me. And yeah, the environment was one that I was not comfortable in. You know, it was not a place that that the spirit was welcome. It really wasn't. It was a lot of deceit, a lot of just negative energy. Language like you would not believe. Like it was just like. And just, it just was a gross feeling, you know, and it's something, sorry, I'm just kind of all over the place, but I'm like, I'm so glad. Yes. Like my garments became so much, I'm so grateful for this experience because they are so, so special to me. And I feel like it was such a gift that I got to really experience what it felt like to not be able to wear them and to get to come home. Sometimes we'd wrap at 3 a.m. and we w- our call time would be 6 a.m. I only had three hours. It'd be so much easier just to crash in bed. But I needed them back on. Like I, you know, and it just, I got to experience that contrast, you know, like yes. I'm just grateful for. Anyway, so so there were, there were those little tender mercies that I was grateful for. I was so grateful for him. Anyway, Back to what he had said, you know, so I think he, I think I had a little special place in his heart too. So he would yes. kind of, you know, give me just some little tips here and there. And, yes. um, like one of the things he was like, you, he said, don't, don't wear makeup on camera. You know, when you show up to the weigh-ins, you'll see all these girls all in makeup. He's like, don't ever do it because you at the end walking on the finale stage, like will just drop jaws you know having that contrast again little things he'd be like don't do this or don't you know whatever but he had said he'd said oh just wait till week three like your clothes won't even fit you after three weeks you'll you'll need a a new size and that was happening for everybody by week three like people were dropping sizes and i wasn't and i'm like what is happening same week i sat down with dr heisenga he's the doctor on the show and he and you know they had done so much testing in the beginning yeah. I don't know what these tests are but i remember this body scan that they did anyway he pulls up the body scan and it shows my outline which looked kind of like this little marshmallow man you know i had yeah. so much ex- extra fat and you can see my skeleton and around my skeleton you see this tiny little thin line of muscle and he said he said you're you have the muscle mass of a young child he said you are the Baddest contestant we've ever had. Not the biggest, not the heaviest, but I had a I had 58% body fat. And I was like, and he said, most people on this show will start out like 38, 40, 45 at the most percent body fat. I was at he said that we've never seen this before. And I was like, and you know, going back to this car accident, my muscles had atrophied 
And it, oh. And on top of that, through all of this study, he said, or through all this testing, he said, I had a, mu- well, actually, we didn't discover this till the very end. I have a muscle condition and I'm resistant to muscle build. So by the end, I had lost over 100 pounds. My body fat percentage was 38% by the oh. where most people start. And he was like, this is, this, something's not right. Anyway, so that's where we found out that I just have this resistance to muscle, muscle build. Anyway, going back to this week three, when, you know, here I was like, dying every single yes. day hardest yes. thing i've ever done like emotionally i was aching like right. i wanted to i just wanted to talk to my husband i just wanted to you know like yes. but it was really i wanted to give up every single hour i really really did and then here's the proof now here we're at week three nothing's changing for me and here the doctor comes in and he's like he said so he said so with my muscle condition he said you will have to work two times as hard like you it will take you two times as long to lose as everybody else you will have to work two times as hard as everybody else just to keep up you know how do the count no yeah so okay if i'm exercising eight hours a day like i can't you know and i'm eating 800 calories i mean it was ridiculous i was burning 5,000 calories a day eating There was, I couldn't do more, right? I cannot I even like, imagine. Here's my answer. Like, I should just go home. I should just give up, you know? Well, and so is that, I want to ask you that too. Is that what you do? Do you literally just work out all day long? Well, there's so much filming. As you know, like they film like 12 hours for one minute of TV time. So yes. it's oh, so yeah. much filming. And so we had to, fi- so we we averaged about eight hours of exercise but sometimes we'd have to fit it in around filming. And it wasn't like eight hours of last chance workout, right? Yeah. Like those were yeah. filmed really intense workouts. And the rest was just a slow burn, like walking or, you know. All day long, you're just doing, you're moving your body. Yes. Like it was a 30,000 step goal every day. Like we had to hit 30,000 steps every single day. Yes. Who was your, which was your trainer? So I, I was on a season where there were two new trainers, Brett and Kara. They were like this boxing season. And so I started with them and then maybe a month in or so, I can't even remember, there was a challenge and someone, you know, switched us up and my mom and I got switched onto um, Bob and Jillian's team. And they were, they, it was a season that they, they trained together. So I finished the season with, on Bob and Jillian's team. So. And were they actually training you? Did they actually train uh, Yeah. When they were there <laughs> and they would, you know, like Jillian wanted to win and that's all. And so she was, she was a cheater, big cheater, like, you know, sneaking scales onto the ranch, sneaking people off to weigh them in. She was like, I mean, one time, so, you, you know, we would have to do urine samples before each weigh in to make sure that we weren't dehydrated. Like we had to stay healthy. Yes. And she would, I remember when it was my last weigh in, actually, she was like, Okay, I want you to pee in a bag. Yeah. It. I want you to put on garbage bags under sweats. I want you to sweat out. And then when it's time, an hour before the so weigh in was at like 6 a.m. The the yeah. was not real, but it was real to us because we wouldn't know our weights, but we had to yeah. weigh in before. So and we had to do a urine sample before. So she wanted me to. Wayne was at 6 a.m. She wanted me to put the bag of pee on my body at 5 a.m. to warm it up to body temperature for an hour. 
and then put it in the cup, like full on cheating. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like I was like, I would rather go home than cheat to stay in this game. Like no, this is right. Anyway, so, you know, like she was there to win. I don't feel like there was, you know, that there was any care there for real about, you know, what we were doing or I think of all the trainers, Brett, he, I trusted him with my body. I feel like he actually understood and, and could help in that sense. And so, but I wasn't on his team anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway. Yeah, it was, it was crazy, but same. Okay. Another thing, week three, same thing, you know, so all this is happening. <clears throat> they had a massage therapist that would come and we could use our own money to like get a massage if we wanted. I thought it was dumb, but I did it this one time. And this, this massage therapist was really, was this really neat guy, very spiritual. Anyway, so he, he was, as he was massaging me, we're, we're chatting and he was like, I don't even remember what he said, but he questioned my faith in God. Oh. And I was like, oh, oh, no, 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 no. You must have me mixed up with someone else. Like, I'm like, I'm good in that area, you know? And he was like, I'm sorry. I just questioned that. And I was like, who are you like that? Like, I'm like, no, like that's an area that I feel really solid in. And he was like, huh. Okay. He's like, I just, I question it, I guess, because I just don't understand how someone can have, can claim to have so much faith in their creator and have zero belief in themselves. Ooh, interesting. I was like, whoa. And he, so it, it just kind of all came to this head at once. Like, yeah. Who I believe that I could, like, I believed that anybody could have success there, but, but I, but not me, you know? Yeah. It really made me stop and think like, here I'm given this opportunity. Do I believe that Heavenly Father could help me in this situation? You know, I believe he could for other people, but there was this like disconnect, right? Like I did claim to have great belief in him and I did have belief in him, but not in him as my creator in that, you know, like in 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 what he could do for me, what he could do for me. Like, like, like his power was, was. You know, everyone else was worthy of it, but I took that into my own hands, right? So it was like having to give up that control, yes, and, and allow that to happen. So I really feel like that week was was it was it was a very pivotal experience because I was like, "Am I going to do this? Am I going to yeah. stay?" I ended up having to get up hours before everybody else and do a lot of extra work. I lost the least every single week. I always came up lowest on the scale. And in the end, I ended up lo- losing over 100 pounds. So, like, who cares what everybody else was doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh. I ended up coming out ahead of most on that on that season, even though it took me longer, you know? Yes. And it is important to put our heads down sometimes and stop comparing ourselves to what everybody else is doing. Stop looking at everybody else's homes and how their children are behaving and you know, what's going on financially or spiritually or whatever in everybody else's lives because we don't know. No. We don't know what's actually going on, but it is so easy to compare ourselves and to think, why don't I just give up? Because there is no point, because there is no way that I'm going to keep up with so-and-so or be a good so-and-so, right? And then we lose out on so much of our own personal growth because our eyes are focused in the wrong places. Instead of looking up 
at Heavenly Father and looking down at your own feet and just going. Like I really, really was grateful for that lesson that I got. Yes. With this experience, you know? Okay. I'm going to stop you there. And we we have to do a part three. (laughs) This is like my most favorite. I love learning about this because I relate to it so much. Like, even though my journey was a singing journey and yours was a weight loss journey, being on reality TV and having your most vulnerable emotions and fears and being broadcast to millions of people every week and have people, I mean, they tore apart for no reason. Yeah. I received, so this is in the old fashioned days, 2003, like before Instagram was invented. Right. And Facebook is like, just baby Facebook. Like it was my space. So... I, I received handwritten death threats oh in the mail. Gosh. Death threats. And I'm like, like, die. You were, and no you were a kid. You were I like was 17. I turned 18 on the show. Oh and I'm God. like, you want me to die because you hate my singing voice that bad? You think I should yeah. kill myself? I mean, it, and as a child, you are. You're like, all I've been told my whole life was, you are so talented. You yeah. should do this. And then I finally get the opportunity. And then it's like, why did you ever think you could do yeah. this? You're terrible. And I believed that about myself for years oh. after. For years, I did not sing for a full year. I did not utter a note oh on After God. American Idol because it was it it broke it every broke part it. of me. It broke me. But but you needed it. Like you look, you stand back and you see, and you're like, I mean, you would never wish that upon anyone. Like that is what. Yeah. But the the platform that it gave you to yes. and to learn and to yes. shift and change and like yes. let Christ in to like heal those parts. Yep. Oh. I love that. There's like a quote, and it's like when you feel like you're being buried you're not, you're being planted. And like, if you just feel like you're under in the dirt and you're buried, you're being planted and watch and, and just watch how you bloom. And honestly, that's, that's how it was. That was like my, my burial. It was my, my, I mean, it was, I was reborn a different person. And I can honestly say now there's not a lot people can say to me or about me that hurts my feelings or embarrasses me like I because I'm like I've heard it all it's almost (laughs) it's almost really empowering to be like you really can't say anything I I mean name anything about my looks my voice who I'm dating my abilities my outfits and I've heard it all and so and and from men women older younger kids like you just sexual assaulting comments about I mean, you cannot even imagine. And so it's like, it's almost like not a lot gets to me now. Like I grew some tough stinking skin and I bet you did too. (laughs) Like what? I mean, look how it serves us now, you know? Totally. And our kids being able to like teach my children, like, listen, like you are so much stronger than you think you are. And words matter and what you say and it affects people. And here's how you even do each other. Like, shut up, you idiot. Like, oh, you have no idea how much even just saying something annoying to your brother affects him and matters. So I want to talk to you. Let's do a part three. And I want to talk about just some other little insights about living there and being there day in and day out. The finale and then coming back and your life 
after and then having the dream that you always wanted the having and having children. So we're going to do this again. And I'm so excited to talk with you more about your incredible Biggest Loser journey. I love talking with you. Like I said, we just need to like maybe set aside like two hours and just talk. Because it's it's so great. Okay, come back for part three with Sarah Nina. Carmen Herbert, and I'm so excited to tell you about an amazing app that my whole family loves. It's called Our Turtle House, and it's full of literally thousands of hours of full-length talks, just like the old talk on CDs or talk on tapes, from some of your favorite Latter-day Saint speakers like John By the Way, Mick Johnson, Hank Smith, me, and a ton more. Plus, there's podcasts, firesides, devotionals, come follow me resources, and entertaining content your whole whole family will enjoy truly all in one little app and you can use promo code doing good all one word at checkout and you get a full month free so check it out and sign up at ourturtlehouse.com see you soon